0: I nice. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. There are other texts, as you certainly know, that address marriage in the New Testament, there's plenty, but none like Cana invites us to that big event. Since God became true man, it only makes sense that the first public act by Jesus' ministry was at a wedding. Luther makes this great comment, for we see here that our Lord himself attends a marriage. Indeed, this applies not only to the wedding, but to the whole business of maintaining a family. God wants family esteemed, just as the fourth commandment, which which stands first in the second table of the law, points out as marriage was a pinnacle blessing, as we know, to Adam and Eve before the fall. How relentlessly now must we always keep in mind and before our lives how marriage will face degrading and attack by Satan in a sinful world. Nonetheless, the season of epiphany is what we're in, and it's more than upholding and cherishing a good talk about marriage for this life. By going to the end of our gospel reading, we see the fuller picture that St. John the Apostle wants to give you. It's not a moralistic talk only. It's much, much more important. He tells us, this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. To describe miracles, to be signs means they are markers and it's not really hard to figure that out it's like when you go down the road and you have plenty of signs to look at of where you're going the signs in the gospel of John are to point you to Jesus he is the messianic epiphany revealing of what God has promised for humanity just as the Lord would redeem Israel by faithfulness as a husband you heard in the Old Testament reading so the new Israel is unified by the triune God and the grace Jesus gives. All you gotta do is think about the epistle reading, and here's the Corinthian church, and they're a mess, all mixed up with different kinds of things they wanna do, and Paul, keep, or Paul keeps trying to tell them, you've got one faithful husband who cares for his church. What was, being at, what was at the wedding of Cana is now open before the church because Christ is our bridegroom. And so for the sake of a wedding festivity, as we heard, action had to come from the back of that house. Jesus was invited to a wedding, but he was not there to outshine a newly married couple. Yes, he had been baptized into his public ministry, celebrated that that last week, and about, many figure, about three days later, after that baptism, here he is at Cana. And he already had called some of his disciples to follow him. Jesus, though, arrived at this party with no intention or some glory-seeking Messiah idea to build up his ratings like politicians do when they go to events. That isn't what Jesus is doing. However, Mary, who was probably pretty involved in this wedding, many think there was a relative or a friend at least going on here with this wedding, but she saw the present need. She had a great concern that was going on and it was lack of wine and she knew where to go for the problem. The answer at first shows a distancing by Jesus, though didn't it, toward his mom. And when he, that, when he does that kind of distancing, it isn't to put her down, but it is to proclaim something more. Which means, above all, he was the Son of the Father from eternity. What do you want to do with me, woman? That's his divine nature speaking as I am more than just a man. Except we know that Mary was unwavering in faith, and informed the servants to listen and do whatever Jesus said. So she knew that her son wasn't going to hold back. All this action, though, happens in the back of the house. You got to keep that in mind. Hidden. While all the party is going on, and everybody is celebrating, but they don't realize it's going to run dry. We have what goes on in the dining room versus the kitchen. There's two different environments going on there, right? But Cana was a much bigger event. And so maybe today we'll think about it in terms of a restaurant. You've all been to one. And there's something called the back of a house. And of course, it's not like up on the front where we sit to eat. Unlike the finesse out on the floor by the waiters, there are those in the back go unnoticed and rightly so because all kinds of activities are going on in the back of the house believe me i worked one summer in high school at applebee's when it started up in traverse city and i learned an awful lot in a short time about what it means to work in the back of a restaurant and here it is frankly there's not much purity about it when making sure things go smoothly for people up into the front There's people tossing around colorful words, mistakes being made left and right, plates breaking, food being tossed out because it wasn't made right, and plenty of stress. To extreme panic on that time at Cana over a failure of, of lack of wine at a wedding, Jesus acts and speaks. And so, it's pretty simple. The purification jars were empty, and Jesus put put them to good use. He's being practical. Servants did what they were told to do, but by the time the water came to the master of the house, he never tasted better wine. And he celebrated the generosity of the groom, who was probably shocked with the whole matter of saving the best for last. You know why, right? This broke the common practice of wisely using your resources. So the poor guy might have been seeing dollar signs over the whole matter of celebrating because when people are drunk freely, you don't know what's gonna happen and what they will keep drinking. And so in other words, he can see the dollar signs ranking up going, "What's this going to cost?" While everybody else, though, had wonderment over the wine, the servants in the back knew how it came from Jesus, and it showed him to be more than a man, it showed him to be God. And so you have to hear it again. this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. What was in the back of the house is now up front with Christ and his church. Marriage comes from God, but he also stepped into the life of marriage with his glory. And that's the big thing. Israel has a redeemer. To her and so you heard Isaiah said for the Lord delights in you and your land shall be and the people who were exiled they weren't in their land they were going to be desolate and they were going to feel abandoned and the promise of Isaiah says oh no you have a faithful husband you see after Jesus entered his ministry by baptism the mission of love Christ, uh, for Christ, came bound to those words he said. And that's what really should stick in your ears. My hour has not yet come. The hour was to be his sacrifice. And so by the blood spilt, he would redeem sinners to be a new Israel married to the glory of his cross. And so St. Paul, in relation to family and husbands, has said... has exceeded stone jars that had nothing to give. The issue of Cana was more than filling up water to get a job done. If that's all you think, was Jesus was saving a wedding party, you're missing the whole text. It's much bigger than just God providing for marriages. Everything for the Jews was tied to washing. They had to wash to even have a party, okay? Jesus, as God's son, God shows how emptied the law was with those purification jars. They had nothing left to give. He filled them up to the brim with his word, a grace-filled word of water that the law can never give. And it's this water, now joined to baptism, where Jesus pours out his death and resurrection to be a washing of faith in that gospel. The triune God brings good news, not to leave us empty with the law's demands. And there are many today. And this is what happens. It makes you into hypocrites. And it also makes us fearful over the works of the law because the fact is, is they'll never save. You are loved and forgiven again by God and the same spirit in baptism is now at work purifying your messy lives by that word as First John says if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin Celebration over wine brings superior abundance for Christ and his church. Wine saved a wedding disaster. But this first miracle was a sign of God's messianic kingdom promised in the Old Testament. You've got to think it in a much more powerful way when Jesus makes things happen. Wine was always about abundance and peace and enjoyment for God's people. A final enactment of what that would be fully and and without end, A, a, a real celebrating. And so, water changed into wine, went back to Jesus and His Word, and the servants knew abundant life had come from listening to Him. Not the water, not the wine. But it was his word under those things that were doing what he promised. The new wine that now belongs to the church flows out from the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice, giving us every reason to celebrate at all times. And so we all come on from our lives and from our families, but it's the one family that Jesus has redeemed with the bride of his church that he keeps delivering his good news. You see, the last thing our Lord handed over to his disciples who were his servants before his cross was bread and wine that he instituted at his supper. It has now become the wedding celebration of the church with Christ, giving an abundance of his kingdom before our lives. It keeps filling up. Yes, marriages with forgiveness to reconcile because you really shouldn't come to communion if you can't forgive each other and you just want to go divorce. You need to talk with the pastor. You need to think about these things. You need to reconcile because what flows through us from Jesus is good news, a celebration that he hasn't divorced your life. He wants to give you the best things that keep flowing all your life to give you a celebration that has no end with all the saints in heaven. A defense of marriage is first to celebrate its value. God gave it for a man and a woman, but also bound it into his redemption as God. Do you understand that? We think about it in terms of moralism. It's much more than that. Here's why. The first miracle by Jesus stands out, stands against a fallen world and all the satanic twistedness. His relationship to the church will not change. Even the best marriages still confess before the holy of altar of God in those vows till death do us part. One marriage remains forever. One that is a joyous celebration faithfully brought forth by Jesus. And so by the glory of his cross, he reigns as the true bridegroom that saves us from ourselves, purifies us rightly to be his servants, and it starts in the home between husband and wife, and to celebrate how the Father has saved the best for last. He's given you his son. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.